0: our Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Um, We're going to continue our series on Genesis with Chris Kambangi giving a preach on Cain and Abel. Um, But to introduce that, we're going to actually have a reading um, on Genesis chapter 4. So let's hand it over. Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant, and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden.
1: Thank you so much Paddy and Evelyn for uh, doing that fantastic recording of Paddy. It's great uh, having our youth and our youth leaders involved in those readings each week. My name's Chris and I get the joy of leading Hope Church, I get the joy of um, this morning speaking to you on Genesis chapter 4, which is a great joy of mine and uh, so far we've been going through this series and we've we've called it a blueprint for life and we called it that because um, at the in Genesis we see really lots of the origins or the beginnings which is what Genesis means of much of what we see in the world and so we, we started off by looking at the origins of mankind and uh, sorry the origins of creation and how God began it all. We then looked at the origins of rest and, and why that's so important and, and how God did that on the first day of mankind's time on this earth. We, we looked at the origins of mankind and how God has created men and women equal and yet Distinct and uh, made in His image to reflect God's glory throughout the nation. And last week we looked at the origins of evil and where Adam and Eve fell, and and how we see that pattern actually throughout our lives. We've just recognised that what we see in the world is is not what we kind of would expect from reading Genesis one and two, but yet looking at Genesis three, we see a a bit of a pattern for evil, the origins of evil and today I was wondering oh what should I call this this you know should I call it the blood bar should I call it um I don't know cries from the grave or something as we we see that you know God hears the cries from the grave of Abel as Cain kills him but instead I've decided to go with God's blueprint for forgiveness and that will all make sense as we get to the end Um, but we really see out of these uh, chapter three and four real God's blueprint for for our forgiveness and and that will make sense before we get into it um, I I don't know if you have siblings Um, I have I've got three and you know our experience of our siblings growing up can can have all sorts of uh, can be all sorts of different ways and have all sorts of different experiences and I get along really well with my siblings and really always have although there has been moments where it's it 's not always been so good and you may have I might have told this story before, but i'll tell it again anyway because it 's funny and um, that is that me and my brother we would kind of my, my brother is just younger than me we'd get into fights every now and again and there was this one moment where we were really going for it and it was I think it was the first time that we really got into throwing punches at each other and um me the kind of you know more the bigger the more handsome the the kind of stronger older brother I was I was there had all my technique down but my younger brother was just kind of heads down and just swinging, punches, not really looking at what he was doing. He was just trying to survive. And I remember this moment where we both hear this big thud and and I kind of look up and I, I see this moment of triumph on my brother's face as he feels like he's knocked me out. And then this triumph turns to horror as I notice him look down and then I look down and we see my mum kind of laid out on the floor. And it was, I mean, we just felt so bad. Like, you know, when your parents, they shout at you, you kind of think, oh, it's okay. But when they just stop and cry, you, you know, you've, you've done wrong. I mean, you, you, you've messed up in a big way. And yeah, it was bad. But it, but it is funny now to, to look back on, sorry, mum. Um, but yeah, so that, that, was, that was my experience. That was quite a funny time. I don't think though, I mean I know, it never got as bad as as getting to the point of killing my brother and then actually doing it. I mean, here we've got Cain, he 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 kills Abel, and um I mean it's it's not a good scene, is it? In fact, we we find out that what he does is that he kind of sees, he looks on at at, at Abel's offering. He sees how how God accepts that offering and, and he sees this and then he he's, he's unhappy, he's downcast, he's, he's angry. And then in his heart, he starts to develop this plan. And he comes up with a way, how can I get him back? And so he, he develops this plan. He, he, he conjures up this idea that I want to get him out in the fields. And, and so he enacts that, he speaks that into being. And then suddenly he's then killing him, I don't know, with a tool or with his hands. We're not quite sure. But his, his sin kind of follows this this eyes, this heart, this hands kind of process and and actually, this has happened before because if you remember in chapter three. Eve, I think it's in verse 6, it says that Eve saw that the fruit was pleasing and, and good to, to the sight and then she she starts to think about it and she dwells and she desires that the wisdom of that fruit and she, she, she comes up with this plan and then she goes and she uses her hands to take the fruit to eat and she also uses her hands to offer it to Adam. This Eyes, heart, hands—is a pattern of sin that we see right in these in these origins, in, in this in these beginnings of of mankind, and and that that happens throughout the Bible, actually, and it happens in all our lives. Think about uh, King David, who he's there, he's looking out, he's standing on his rooftop, and he with his eyes he sees uh, Bathsheba, and he 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 likes what he sees, and then in his heart he starts to think, oh, I wonder if I can get a connection with her he even he asks people hey who is that girl and he finds out that it's his general's wife and then he thinks about it some more he's like, oh can you where is my general oh he's at war okay can you get her to come up here and his heart he, he deceives himself and he starts to think and and he makes a plan and then she comes and he ends up having sex with her and and then the whole thing happens again because he sees that she has a baby or she, that she's pregnant and then his heart he conjures up a plan to to get his the general killed and and, and then he goes on, he fulfills that, he does it. In Psalm 1, it says, uh, Blessed is the man who does not walk um, in the way of sinners, or stand with scoffers, or seat sit with mockers. It's this walking, standing, sitting. I imagine people walking and looking and desiring something that's not right, but they're they're looking at it with their eyes, and then they stop, and they stand, and they start to think with their heart oh can, should I get involved in this should I do that thing and then suddenly they're sitting and they're using their hands eating and scoffing with all the sinful things that they get get involved in this eyes heart hands is, a, is an origins and it's a, it's a bit of a, a blueprint for sin and you know what the reality is that we all do it and the bible says that sin is crouching at your door when you mess around with this when you when you mess around with that little sin that's crouching at your door and that that crouching is like a lion before it's about to devour its prey you know what they do they they try to make themselves look like not intimidating like just timid shy I'm not really a problem they try to go stealth like oh I'm not really here you don't need to worry about me yeah you might be able to hear or see this this movement in the rushes but don't worry I'm kind I'm gentle I'm easy and they creep up closer and closer and the purpose is to destroy the prey it's to kill and do you know what that's what Satan does he seeks out to kill steal and destroy the things in your life and he did it with Adam and Eve and he's done it here with Cain and he, he does it throughout all our lives do you know what when we look at Abel and Cain we are much more like Cain than able and so let me tell you about me because it's easy sometimes to look at the people that are on screen and think oh well yeah but they're perfect they don't mess up no no we do and and so you know I'm Chris and and I'm an addict is the truth actually and the thing that I'm really addicted to is sugar and chocolate and brownies and sweet things and do you know my favourite is all the white chocolate and raspberry chip cookies that you can get from Sainsbury's for pound fifty in a, in a bag for four and I mean I, I laugh about it but actually it's, it's quite serious and um, you know over the first lockdown I, I I you know is it so bad I let sin crouch at my door and I would eat and I'd go and eat these things and I'd go and buy stuff and you know it turned into like a daily habit going to the shop and buying cookies or buying chocolate or buying cakes and um you know I'd, I'd be ashamed of these things and so I'd start to hide them and you know I'd start to even like um try to be generous to my family and so if the kids needed some I don't know oh you need some milk babe? oh we've run out of milk I oh, don't worry babe I'll go but really what I was doing is I was going to the shop and in amongst the food shop buying a few chocolate bars or buying some cookies or whatever and and then eating them on my way home and um hiding the 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 wrappers and throwing them in the bin before i got into the house and you know when you spend a pound or two every day over a month's period that's 50 or 60 pounds wasted on this little thing that i thought oh do you know it doesn't really matter it's just making me feel good giving me a a quick hit and making me feel better and actually the reality was that I was giving in to temptation, giving in to that sin that was crouching at my door, and it wanted to devour me and and destroy me. I put on like a stone of weight. I was hiding things from my wife, hiding the fact that I was eating these things from my wife. I would was spending money that, you know, we we didn't have to spend on chocolate or sweets. And do you know what? I, I gave in to that and um and so i had to put it right i had to come before god i had to repent I had to I had to confess you know we heard last week about confessing and i remember doing that in september and and just getting it out in the open and do you know what's so much easier when things are in the light because the thing about sin and shame is that you do the thing you feel guilty about doing the thing but then you feel shameful and that shame then really sh- sh- um, makes it difficult to then come out and put that thing into light because you think that well no one else would ever understand this and, and everyone would think oh well you shouldn't be doing that you're meant to be a church leader you're, you're you know you're meant to know how to say no to those kind of things to say no to sin but the reality is is that we all mess up we're all like Cain we're all like David we're all like Adam and Eve we we do things that we shouldn't do and even things that we don't desire to but we succumb to temptation we let sin crouch at our door we let tempt us and sometimes we play with it because oh it doesn't really matter that cookie that thing oh that'd be okay the reality is we're trying to cover up holes and gaps in our lives those things might for me it was insecurity for for others it might be I don't know lack of self-worth lack of self-esteem looking maybe things that have, that have happened and and you just blaming the past or blaming things in your life it might be unresolved anger issues and it might it might come out from all sorts you know judging yourself without mercy and or just I don't know thinking of yourself in in the wrong way not not trusting that actually you are someone who's made in the image of God and you're loved and you're cherished and and all these things can come out and and what happens we start to sin and we we do this whole eyes hands heart thing and and all sorts of things can become addictions. Pornography, food, uh, money, clothes, uh, houses, cars, sex, status, relationships. And we, we, can get, we can fall into these traps of trying to cover up our sin or cover up our shame by, by maybe having the quick fix of the quick thing. And what we're doing is we're dabbling with the crouching lion. And we're not coming to our Father. We're not coming to God. You might wonder why? Why am I saying all these things? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you because it's it's real, because it's true, and it's because actually we can all fall into these kind of traps, and so we've got to be aware. We've got to be made aware. Do you know what I think is amazing though about this passage is that God pursues. God comes after Cain. God, God asks questions. He says, "Hey, why are you angry?" He doesn't come and accuse. He doesn't come all guns and blazes. He comes with a question. Why are you angry? Why are you downcast? Later on, after he's committed the murder, what have you done? He, he did the same with Adam and Eve. Where are you, Adam? He's asking questions. Like, why are you hiding? Why, you know, what, what have you done? Jesus does the same. Remember when he meets the woman at the well and he, he asks her, hey, where is your husband? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. You've, you've had five husbands. And even the one you're with now is, is not your husband. So this is this question as God comes and, and God pursues. And I wonder what questions are God asking you today? What, what are you hiding? What are you, what are you keeping in the darkness? What are you refusing to bring out into the light? Where, are you, where, where do you need to confess? Where do you need to come and share? Now the, the Bible says, love the Lord, you' God with all your heart, mind and soul and love your neighbours yourself. And this relationship we have with God and the relationship we have with each other, I think is really important, not just for, for growing in faith, but also but in confessing and in, in sharing with others, because that's how we grow in our faith. When we confess to God, as we did last week, we, we prayed, but having moments to confess to, our, to brothers and sisters, the people we trust, that, that individual you might know, actually, do you know what makes such a difference? When I, I shared with someone in our church and someone outside of our church in September, I said, hey, look, this is what's going on for me. And I confessed, do you know what? It's been so much easier just bringing it out into the light, bringing it into the open. And I, and I thought that, you know, it would be the worst thing ever, like the shameful thing that I was holding on to that no one would understand. The reality is we all understand because we all have messed up. We've all fallen short. And, and I want to encourage you to do the same. Do you know what? God pursues you and so what is he asking you? What's he, what's he calling you to bring into the light today? And so just moving on, I guess, through the passage, we, we know that, you know, like me, we are all sinners. We all messed up. We all mess up. But God, he, he comes to Cain and, and God says, hey, do you know what? Um, if you do what is right you will be accepted. And so it's worth like for us discovering, well, well, what is the right thing? What what is the right thing? And the passage, it doesn't give us much, but it does give us a little bit. And it says, we know that Abel's sacrifice uh, or his offering was was accepted and we know that Cain's wasn't. Well, what's the difference? Well, uh, Abel offers the fat portions from the firstborn lamb. And I think that those are the two things I really want to talk about. The firstborn and the lamb. And, and th- that, is, that is the bulk of this message today. And this is where we get the blueprint for forgiveness. Because right back in, you know, just a chapter ago, Eve, Adam and Eve, do you, do you remember? Oh, yeah, because this is, actually, should I say that? Yeah. yeah, I'll say that now. Right, so I thought that Cain committed the first murder. In Genesis. But do you know what? He doesn't commit the first murder. Cain doesn't even commit the second murder, but actually the third. Because you remember, back in um, Genesis chapter 3, uh, Adam and Eve, they sin, they fall, they fall short, they're, they're hiding and they're ashamed. And so they go into the bush and they kind of make this patchwork of leaves to kind of cover up their, their sin and their shame. And at that moment, what God does. Is God? You can read it at the end of chapter three. God kills an animal to make skin. He's like he makes like the first Armani leather robe to cover their sin. God has this blueprint where he goes and he kills and he and we find out in that chapter that do you know what that um, the punishment for their sin should be death. And do you know what they don't die, but some something does die. God deals that punishment on an innocent animal and he uses their king to cover that their, his their, that skin to cover their nakedness their shame and and to to kind of deal with them and and that has happened he god says i've got this covered and he he does that because the bible tells us that the wages of sin is death we know that later on but in chapter three god enacts that out by killing this animal and covering adam and eve and then in this one too we get cain what does he do he goes and kills he goes and kills the first, uh, sorry, Abel goes and kills the, the firstborn of his, his, of, of his uh, cattle. I don't know if it's a sheep or a lamb. Um, I, I assumed it was a lamb. So forgive me for that, uh, if that's on the screen. But uh, he, he kills the firstborn of his flock. And um, having killed the firstborn of his flock, that's what he then goes and offers. But the thing I want to pull out about that firstborn is that Eve and Adam they went and worked they tried to work to cover up their shame they they hid in the bush they got the leaves they they used that to try to cover up their sin and the shame and do you know what Cain does exactly the same thing he goes out into his fields into the harvest and he goes and brings a some portion of his harvest and it's this kind of idea that you know what when I come to God when I come and give a sacrifice when I come and repent that do you know what I can out of my own work, I can do that. That I am able enough to cover my sin and my shame. That's what Adam and Eve try to do by hiding in the bush. That's what Cain tries to do by going out and taking from the land. Adam and Eve go into the land to take of it, to cover their sin and shame. Cain does exactly the same and he comes and brings that as a sacrifice and God says, hey, this is, this is not acceptable. You can't earn forgiveness by your own works you can't earn forgiveness by your own way what you need to do is you need to do like abel you need to understand from my first my first blueprint for forgiveness was to uh kill an innocent animal to take on your sin and your shame and 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 instead of you having that sin and that shame instead of you having that punishment you get covered in righteousness and abel did that he went and he got the the fat portion the firstborn lamb and he came and offered that as a sacrifice he didn't try to do it in his own might his own strength no he's coming before God and he's saying I'm I'm trusting in you and there is a it's good to talk about that because you get this then idea of first fruit giving or first steps faith we've been talking as a church about a sowing and reaping culture about first steps faith about what this means for us and do you know what um, this is what happens if you're a herdsman and you've got you know we're about to come into spring where all you know the, the the ewes and the lambs are being born and um you don't know how good that harvest is going to be you don't know how great it's going to be you don't know how, how much you're going to have to feed all your family and your community and so on and yet yeah, here Abel goes for the firstborn he gets the firstborn and he takes all the fat portions, the bit that's going to give him all the sustenance and all the nutrition, and all the energy. And he comes and offers that to God. It's a first step. It's before I know what the rest of the harvest is going to look like, I'm going to take and I'm going to give. Do you know, in the same way, we have first steps faith happening throughout the Bible. Moses he he does the same doesn't he 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 comes before God and God says God calls him and says right you need to go to Pharaoh and Moses says well how do I know that you're going to be with me and God says you go and take the first step you go and then once you've done it all you'll look back and you'll see that I was with you. Abraham is exactly the same God says Abraham you need to go Abraham well where am I going and God says no you leave you start going and when you're on the way I will then um, tell you where to end up. And, and that happens throughout the, the whole Bible. We see that happen on and on and on. You get the widow's mite going and giving all that she had. You get, um, you know, Jesus, when he goes to the wedding, he could have turned the water into the wine in the barrel so that when the servants poured it out, they had wine, and they could be confident that they go and give that to the master of ceremonies. But he doesn't do that. When they pour it out, it's water. And they have to take that step to go and give it to the master of the banquet and it's at that, that point when the master of the banquet's got it that it turns into wine and he drinks it and he says, this is amazing. The servants had to take the first step, but when they did, they came into a wonderful place of intimacy. They were the only ones that knew that the miracle that Jesus had done. Do you know, it's the same way for Moses, it's the same way for Abraham. It's the same way here for Abel as he comes and gives his first fruit. And it's the sowing and reaping culture. It's what Jesus talks about for farmers. What do you need to do? You need to, from what you have, you take the first step. You sow all the seeds. That depletes what you have. But as you sow, you look in faith for the harvest. It's what Paul and Joe are doing as they get ready to go. You know, they, I think they've raised around 80 something percent. You know, 100% is not in, but they've committed. You know, the, the flat's packed up. All the stuff is sold and they're ready to go. They're taking the first step, trusting that God's going to provide everything they need and, and we're right with them. And we believe that he will too. It's the first step fruits it's the first of everything you know me and Catherine, when it comes to our, our giving to the church we we have a an excel spreadsheet at home where we put in all our bills we know what's coming in we know what's going out and the first thing on there is what we're going to give to the church and what we're going to give to our compassion children what we're going to give to paul and joe what we're going to give away it's our first fruits and then we put in the bills and so when money's tight it's easy to think oh maybe we should just reduce our giving but actually no do you know what we we always have to check ourselves and like, no no come on what is that really right? Maybe what we need to do is just cancel Netflix for a few months, or cancel that, or cancel whatever, and we look to other ways to, to save because we want to follow Abel's offering, first fruits, firstborn, first steps, faith, trusting that this is this is how faith works, this is what God's called us to. And again, what's remarkable is that it's 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 an innocent animal, and in that, as I mentioned, you've got God, he kills an innocent animal to cover Adam and Eve's shame. You got Cain, or you got Abel, who comes and, and gives of, kills an innocent animal to come and, and ask God. It's this moment of of sacrifice. It's this moment of come, worship to coming to God and saying, I am trusting. That you are the one that's able to forgive my sins. I am trusting that you have got this sorted. That that you are able to help me with all my sin and my shame, with with those things that I look to for for goodness—the cookie, the, the what, the sex, the, the money, the fame, whatever it is—that thing that I look to for my identity. Actually, I'm trusting that I can get that from you. And so I'm 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 coming and asking for forgiveness, and I'm killing this lamb. And do you know what? As we go through, God gives actually the the the, the Hebrews and the Israelites this this way of actually coming and dealing with their sin it's, it's and into the new testament it tells us that the wages of sin is death and jesus comes as the firstborn of all creation as the sacrificial lamb he comes and he dies on the cross he takes away our sin and our shame and that when we come to put our trust in him god forgives God restores God redeems God renews and we don't rely on our own works our own efforts we don't say do you know what I've got this covered no we say God I know you've got it covered and I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say Lord have your way in my life I will believe that you can do this and God says to Cain do what is right and you will be accepted to God Do you know what? Doing what is right is trusting that God is the one that forgives sins, that he has the blueprint for forgiveness, that he is the one that can restore and not yourself, not in your own works. We need to admit that we are powerless to overcome the the crouching tiger, the crouching lion. But there is one who is powerful. There is one who is obedient. There is one whose sprinkled blood speaks a better word than Abel's, which is what Hebrews 12 tells us that that's what jesus did that jesus came as the firstborn of all creation that his sacrifice speaks better words than what abel's sacrifice did because it is the ultimate fulfillment because what when abel sacrificed that lamb it forgave his sins in that moment in that time but when jesus comes he forgives all sins of all mankind past present and future and so when we come and we put our trust in Jesus, we're able to enjoy that forgiveness, to enjoy restoration, to enjoy what it means to be redeemed people of God. Yeah. And so it's, it's good, isn't it? It's good for us to, to come before God and to ask ourselves, Lord, will you forgive me? Can you restore me? Can you redeem me? Can you, are you able to cover my sin and my shame? Do you know what the answer is? Yes. And it means putting our trust in him, trusting him, living for him, going after him. And I want to encourage you to do that this morning, to believe that God is able to to do all of that in your life. Here we get a, a wonderful blueprint of forgiveness we've got a wonderful blueprint that we can we can follow we can trust and you know we i know that i'm a sinner i know that i mess up and and i know that we do too but god has a way he has a way of restoring us of helping us to know what our identity is in him of helping us to feel to live fulfilled lives, flourishing lives in Him. He is able to uh, send His Holy Spirit to help us to overcome sin, to say no to the, the crouching lions, to say no to temptation, to, to 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 give us a spirit of power to overcome, to, to be conquerors, to to conquer these things, to shed off. Uh, temptation but ultimately to look to Jesus the one that who's done it all who's completed it who's finished it and to trust in him for our forgiveness to trust in him to cover us to to give us a robe of righteousness and not in our own works or our own efforts he does it and so that we can come to him and can you just imagine church uh, you know when we when we all get back together that moment where we've we've dealt with all these things in our lives where we we've confessed them and we've offered them to god and, and we come praising and and we we don't look at each other suspiciously but with love and, and we say to our brothers and sisters let's come and worship and let's let's glorify him and let's welcome others in and in their hurt and in their pain and in their suffering and in their shame we can welcome them in and we say hey we're we're that people too we're that people too but by the grace of God our, our sin has been dealt with and we're clothed now with robes of righteousness. We're clothed in, in God's glory and we can, we can trust him and live for him. That's what God calls us to. That's what God calls the church to, to be, a shining light to the nations to say, do you know what, this is a safe space for you to come and to know God's goodness, his forgiveness, his redemption in your life. And I'm going to pray and uh, maybe you can pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that in this passage we get this wonderful blueprint for forgiveness. Lord, we, we just recognise that all of us have sinned. All of us fall short. All of us give to temptation. And, I, and I wanna, we want to repent right now. We just take a moment to say sorry, Lord. Sorry when we, we watch things that we shouldn't be watching when we dream up things that we shouldn't be dreaming, when we, we allow we, we deceive ourselves, when we allow ourselves to get angry or hurtful, when we conjure up plans in our hearts that aren 't good, when we enact things with our hands, when we, when we do stuff like, uh, Lord, we want to ask for forgiveness, we say sorry for when we follow this, this pattern of sin, and we say sorry for those things, and, and Lord, we, we want to be people that come to you that put our trust in you that, that we do like Abel did that we we come and we, 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 we trust, Lord God, not in our own innocence, but in Jesus, in your innocence. We trust that in, in all that you did on the cross, that you are able to restore us and to forgive us, that we might come into a relationship with you, that we might be accepted before our Heavenly Father. And I just I pray for all of us, that for, for those who don't know you yet, would you help us to put our trust in you? You know, if that's you, why don't you take this week, why don't you just pray each day a prayer of repentance? Just say sorry and ask God to, to come into your life and just see what he will do. Lord, I pray help us all to do that. Help us all to, to just trust you day by day, to follow you, to believe, Lord God, your word, that we can be restored to you, that we can know your, your fruitfulness and your goodness and your love in our lives. In your heavenly name.
0: Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.